Hey everyone, this amazing ESO Network show is brought to you by our fine sponsor, Amazon.com. Please remember to shop Amazon for all your geeky needs, no matter what time of the year it is. All you need to do is go to ESOPodcast.com slash ESO Amazon, or click on the Amazon banner on the ESO Network webpage to go to our e-store. It's the best way to shop and the best way to support this program, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Okay, that's enough of me babbling for now. Now on with your regular scheduled show. Hi, this is Mark. Congratulations, you have found this amazingly awesome show. Chances are you're listening to it right now on whether it's iTunes or Stitcher Radio or some other mobile app that allows you to stream this amazingly awesome show to your ear holes. And I can't stress how awesomely amazing this show really is. But did you know that you can also catch the latest episode of this show on the Tangibound Network? That's right. Go check out tangibondnetwork.com. You can look them up, and you can listen to it right there. It's even mobile-friendly. What more could you ask for? Which means you can pull it up on your iPhone or your Android, even your Windows phone. Yeah, who has one of those? But still, point remains. You can do it. You can do it. Check it out. tangibondnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. Check it out. I'm Chris Farrell from the official GunnaGeek.com podcast, a proud member of the GunnaGeek network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's show, it's a 2017 expectations blowout as we hash out what we think of many of the upcoming releases in movies and video games this year. Rob McCallum, Josh Peterson, and I share our thoughts on what's going to hit it big and what may become the epic fails of 2017. Welcome to the new year, everyone, and here's hoping you have yourself an awesome 2017. As we delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. This is the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source talking here with my good friend Rob McCallum from robmccallumfilms.com. So we're talking again with Rob about some of the the prospects that are coming out for movies in 2017 now one thing we did want to talk about uh just before we came on was how loaded march is with a lot of films and it looks like the film industry has caught on maybe because of the success of uh, deadpool and some other films like that that have come out previously in march as far as being a hotbed for some really good films and maybe uh finding an audience first one in march i want to talk about is ghosts in the shell with scarlett johansson so let's talk about the, the month first, all right? So March is an interesting month. Um, there are typically certain months in the calendar that, that get pegged to certain things. So in January, usually that's the month where studios like dump films that they don't have high expectations for but have committed to a theatrical release. So if you check January, that's what you'll get there. August are usually underwhelming, but what they call tentpole blockbusters that get dumped there. We've seen some films do really well, like G.I. Joe Retaliation actually did pretty well there. But if you think of G.I. Joe Retaliation, you realize it's not like a massive blockbuster out of the gate. So Guardians you, of the Galaxy. Wasn't that the last weekend of July that that got released? I thought it was like a July 24th. Or, I could be wrong. It doesn't I matter. I believe it was in August. <laughs> okay. Well, even still, I mean, nobody knew how that was going to do. Right? So it's these questionable releases that get put out there. Uh, March. August 1st was the actual date. So it was the last weekend of July. Okay, yeah, good. August 1st. Yeah, it's last week in July. All right, so <laughs> March is interesting because it's the anti-May. May is, because of Star Wars, like the beginning of blockbuster season. We've seen it with Avengers. We've seen it with Iron Man. We've seen it with Batman. Again, it goes back to Star Wars. I think even uh, Jaws came out on Memorial Day weekend as well. Yes. And E.T. E- e- might have been able to do that as well. But, uh, but Marvel now has the, that first weekend in May locked up. Of course they do. And then May the 4th, be with you. March is a comfortable two months away from any of those big releases. So if you release a, a slightly bigger film that has potential legs or could play for a few weeks, it's not going to get swallowed up by some of the releases that you'll see 
in May. You also have stuff like you mentioned, you have spring break in March. So you have extended weekends and you have more opportunity for more people to go see stuff in the cinema. And it is one of those off months. It is the first kind of big kind of theatrical month that the box office can see with January getting stuff dumped. February usually getting horror films as counter-programming to Valentine's Day and romantic comedies. You really get March as the first, okay, let's soft launch the blockbuster season. So you usually get one or two. And it sounds like, according to the list in front of you, we've got lots. When it comes to Ghost in the Shell, I don't think we need to see this. I, I haven't seen the original anime, but I hear it's a classic. So I don't know that I need to see a live-action version of it, even if it does star Scarlett Johansson. Kong Skull Island, which is coming out March 10th. Uh, you're trying to rejuvenate the Kong film series as far as that's concerned and trying to see what they can do to try and maybe generate another tentpole franchise again. Well, from what I understand, they're going to tie that into Godzilla. So this is the first entry towards doing like a Kong versus Godzilla thing. Similar to the, what the mummy is going to be doing as far as reinvigorating the monster franchises. Yeah, a little bit along those lines. And I think Pacific Rim might actually be in that Godzilla Kong universe too. It's all a little murky to me. And I, and I apologize if I'm getting all the details wrong or giving execs a lot of good ideas to consider. Um, no thoughts on it. I just saw the trailer. To, to hear that it's coming out in March, it seems like, wow, that's pretty soon for a film that has that much uh, action and CG in it. The key for that film for me is it's like I need to care about the characters uh, a lot, and that's going to be hard for me to care about the big ape on the island if he's not speaking or anything like that. I'm not saying it's not possible, but uh, it, it better be a really good story. Power Rangers, that also comes out in March, but on the 24th. You see, they're hoping for something big with that. That is like probably like the most high profile film of March, I would say, that has the biggest fan buzz because they have the biggest fan base still. But I don't think it's going to do well. I'm very underwhelmed by the Breakfast Club Get Superpowers trailer I saw. But I think uh, much like the Michael Bay produced Ninja Turtles film, the first one, there will be enough of an audience there to guarantee a sequel despite how well it does not perform. I I prefer the teenage angst coming out of uh, Spider-Man Homecoming uh, as opposed to seeing it on the Power Rangers film. It seems more authentic because you've got good actors and good filmmakers and that's nothing against those people. It just seems like they're just hitting the right kind of thing. Logan, which uh, at this point in time is supposed to be ending Hugh Jackman's series as, a, in, as far as Wolverine is concerned. Although, you know, personally, I hope that they could strike a deal so we can come into Infinity Wars. But that's beside the point. Logan, which is going to be spearheading the March movies, which we just talked about, comes out March 3rd, which, again, makes for an extremely loaded March. So what are your thoughts on Logan, which is supposed to be the end of the Wolverines franchise as far as with Hugh Jackman is concerned? I'm really excited for this one, and I wish it was a story that we could have got years ago but I don't think the audience would have been ready for that kind of superhero story until now. We needed to see, you know, 10 films with Wolverine or whatever it's been in order to get to the point where we can have a quiet moment with this character and fully understand, you know, that arc. It's like reading comics for 15, 20 years and then finally getting to like essentially days of future past. And like seeing all these characters that you've loved kind of, you know, fall by the wayside for like that one final adventure. So of, of every film that you've mentioned, this is by far the biggest one on my radar so far for next year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which again is now a Marvel tentpole movie, which comes out the first weekend of May, as we talked about earlier. Well, you know, I'm the oddball in, in the crowd for Guardians of the Galaxy. I, I didn't love it when it came out and I still don't love it. I think it's okay but I'm not going crazy for this fate of the furious. Okay. This is a, a trick that they're, you're going to see in a trend you're going to see for 2017 is where a leading actor in a recognizable film turns on his friends as what we see in the trailers with Vin Diesel now becoming somewhat of a, a dark villainous character within the series. So what are your thoughts on the April movie that's basically everybody is cleared away from as far as the fate and the furious is concerned? I haven't seen the trailer for it. I've actually avoided watching the trailers. I don't know why. I'm just not interested in that franchise at all. I've seen one film in that franchise and that was fast five, the heist movie. 
And that's because I like heist movies. So, uh, yeah, good luck to everybody that wants to see that and, and enjoy it. And, you know, the trademark change of face, we'll see if it's genuine or if it's just for a moment in the story that plays out or, or if they're trying to make uh, Vin Diesel, uh, Dark Empire, Luke Skywalker. Life, which on the surface, when you look at the trailer, seems to be something that wants to be and aspires to be something similar to what the original Alien movie was all about. Uh, is this like the group of astronauts in the space station and they have like this thing and it attaches to the dude's finger or whatever? Yep. And it's like the organism that's running around and how do they stop it? Yeah, it seems just a lot like Alien. I completely forgot what it was called. So thanks for... I was get I kept getting that and Passenger confused. But we were talking about as far as Vin Diesel in Fate and the Furious turning on his friends and his cohorts in that movie to a new wrinkle in the series. Well, there's also a new wrinkle in the series, apparently, as we watched, you know, if you've watched it out there, the the Transformers The Last Night video, which, you know, has a whole cavalcade of stuff going on in it, as usual for a Michael Bay film. But the most important, I think, the thing that comes out of it was Optimus Prime attempting to eradicate Bumblebee. So your thoughts on Transformers The Last Night, as a Transformer fan, how do you feel about that? So I thought the most interesting thing was Mark Wahlberg putting on his leather jacket, trying to catch his breath in the middle of a windstorm. Where are the Transformers coming from? He's looking They're for a Wahlbergers. Just, I just need a sandwich from my brother's burger shop. Um, I don't know. These movies are a little silly, and I'm a fan of the cartoon, which is equally preposterous in its own way. They have to, you know, do the... It's a robot, right? Which means it's electronic, which means it can be hacked and controlled remotely. Like, it was... It was only going to happen at some point, you know? So, yay. Whoop-de-doo. I mean, obviously, they're going for the Unicron storyline, which, again, is the Transformers version of the Death Star, where a planet basically destroys other planets, or like Galactus for you Marvel fans out there. Um, so this is the storyline they're finally bringing into those movies, for better and definitely worse. <laughs> Wonder Woman, which comes out June 2nd. A lot of good feeling as far as come out, as far as watching the trailers are concerned, uh, that maybe this can resurrect the DC superhero franchises. Well, one thing that they've added to this DC film that the others don't have is color. Boy, it's nice to see color and, you know, a genuine female hero that doesn't have to be a female hero. She's a hero and she needs, and she's standing on her own without saying, look, it's girl power. It's great. It's, 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 like it finally feels like it's accepted itself and we're not apologizing or going out of our way to say that it's okay. But the color and the cinematography is great. My only concern is, so how much stakes are there really for the hero? And again, it's the Superman problem, right? How do you challenge a hero who is pretty much invulnerable and get the audience to care about what they're going through? Couple that with the fact that, you know, she lives up into the point of Batman versus Superman. Maybe she has some tough choices to make. I don't know. And obviously, it's going to lead into Justice League, which comes out in November. Are you fine with it actually coming out in November during the Thanksgiving season? I think November's a good spot for that. No, November typically doesn't have a ton of blockbusters. Usually, they all get like crammed in December. So the fact that they want to launch it on like either, would you say, like Thanksgiving weekend? So it's almost like the normal Harry Potter slot, which is, I think, what Fantastic Beasts opened on this year. I think it's a good move and it gives it like the four week legs to get to Christmas if it's still in the theater for people to see. Um, and it's probably not going to have a, t- a ton of competition. And hey, it's avoiding Star Wars that will be in December anyways. And DC needs that help. July is also hot and, and heavy in the middle of the summer season as far as films are concerned. And one movie I want to touch on that's you know takes place right around mid-July is War for the Planet of the Apes still a series that people should care about or has it already gone off the rails no it's it's fantastic filmmaking and writing i understand why you're saying that because it seems to be like two to three years between entries so it's kind of hard to stitch those those chapters together but good stuff takes you know some quality time to craft and i think the first one really caught everybody off guard another august release if i remember the second one was a i believe a March release. And then this one's coming in July. So that, that's really interesting to see how it's being positioned. But uh, the last two entries have been fantastic. I can't wait to see what this film does. So between Logan and uh, 
War for the Planet of the Apes. Those those are the two big ones I'm waiting for this year. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out in July of uh, 2014. Okay. Yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes was the original. Okay, was the reboot in August, as you had said, in 2011. So yes, uh, one out of two is not too bad. One out of two ain't bad. Well, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes came out when I was filming Unearthly, which can be yours for fifty dollars on Amazon. That's correct. Or, uh, you know, if you want to actually, how can they actually see it at a much lower price? So they go to robmccallumfilms.com and you want to check out a sci-fi action adventure like Indiana Jones meets Jurassic Park. The ultimate Canadian B-movie. Needed a $400 million budget for the script. Did it for a few thousand. You can buy it for two bucks from robmccallumfilms.com or rent it for a dollar. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks again for joining us today on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Be sure to check us out on the Podcast Radio, Tangent Bound, ESO, and Gunna Geek Networks. Or subscribe today on our iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Podcast.com channels. Cannot be remiss if I didn't go ahead and, and ask you about your thoughts on a film that you and I had already said we're a little bit divisive on, and that's Blade Runner 2049. Well, I mean, I think I need to throw out one thing before we jump into the Blade Runner universe, and that is, for everybody that's listening, if you have a business or a project you want us to promote, we are actively seeking sponsors on the Pop Culture Cosmos. You heard all the places that you can listen to us. I know our listening audience seems to grow by thousands every month when we run the reports and stuff like that. So if you want your project or business mentioned on here, just reach out to us uh, through our Facebook page. Uh, we would love love to you know share and help spread the word with the things that you're working on so, or pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com that's pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com you can email us and we'll be glad to get you started on a sponsorship program indeed yeah bring in the family that's how retro city games got started first they were just a sponsor and now they're part of uh the broadcast doug and nicole make appearances here and there and we're happy to promote their services and of course the films i do too so we're all happy to be sponsors but the topic at hand, Blade Runner 2049 with oh, Ryan Gosling from my hometown of London, Ontario, although he might be from St. Thomas originally. Breaker High alumni indeed, Ryan Gosling, writing his words down in his notebook as he drives to 2049 and Blade Runner. I don't care. <laughs> I'm the only one that probably doesn't care or is excited about it in any way. Well, a lot of people don't aren't, I mean, it has reached a cult status and it is considered by many one of the best sci-fi films of all time outside of Unearthly, which you can get on eBay for $50. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, I understand that you don't have the greatest aspirations on it. Uh, I truly enjoy the film. It's one of my top five films of all time. It's, it's not even just the film. Unfortunately, with Alien aside, I don't know what it is, but I do not really like Ridley Scott movies. And I guess he's just producing this one, so maybe there's hope for it. But it's also one of those films that, especially when you're in film school, you gotta love this movie or you're a nobody. You gotta love it. So it just gets so much attention and everybody just loves Blade Runner. Yeah, it's very stylistic. It, I, I'll give you that. It's very, it's, it's, it's heavy it's not on the even style. That. It's just that the reputation that this has, if you don't love it, you're a nobody. You know, I would put films like Apocalypse Now in that same category and even Citizen Kane, which, you know, I, I like those films, but Gross. I understand. Yes. yes. Spoilers. Cosmos. It's um, a sled. No, it's not. It's his, It's the embodiment of his childhood. It's a um, sled. Wicked. <laughs> it's just one of those films that, like, oh, you need to care about it or you're a nobody. So, you know, when you get that enough, it's just time to slow down, fellas. Time to slow down kind of a deal. So that's all I'm trying to say when it, when it comes to, to Blade Runner. I will check this out, of course. I like Harrison Ford. I like... Well, this is something he wanted to do. This is something him and Ridley Scott wanted to resurrect. They could have just left it alone to the, what, 15,000 cuts that are out there and available on DVD or film or in some form or fashion, you know, whose version do they like more, which is right in studios, his version, somebody else's version. You know, uh, so much has been done and portrayed, but the film has garnered a cult status because of it. It has created a life of its own. uh, Okay, I I got a massive spoiler alert, okay? Go ahead. Harrison Ford's sole purpose in life is to kill off every character he's ever portrayed in any franchise that people love. That's so he doesn't have to be bothered again by anybody to act in anything else that's out there. He's going to die in Blade Runner. 
He'll die in the next Indiana Jones. And then you know what? We'll never see a Witness 2. And we won't see uh, a pseudo-sequel to The Fugitive either. What about Air Force 2? Well, you know, there is Air Force 2. It is a helicopter. I don't think it would be quite as maze-like as Air Force 1. But (laughs) there's still hope. And his uh, Jack Ryan character. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was going to watch that literally last night. I kid you not. Patriot Games, Sean Bean. There you go. 006. I like it. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Sean Bean is one of the you know one of the most underrated actors. I agree. But that's that's best my, villain. He's yes, best yes. Villain. Stop killing Sean Bean every time. But stop anyways, killing him. We cannot leave 2017 without talking about two more projects. And of course, one of them is going to be Star Wars, and it's Episode Eight. You know, we've seen we last left Ray and 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 Luke, you know, right there on that island. Spoilers! Th- Spoilers! Sorry again if you haven't seen it. Shame on you if you haven't. What are your thoughts about Episode Eight, and where do you think they need to go? Do you think they need to go ahead and maybe film in a similar fashion to Empire Strikes Back to obviously gear up towards an Episode no, Nine? I'm sick of these films saying that they they're trying to be Empire. Anytime somebody has a die or it's a like a dour note at the end, it's like, oh, this is the Empire Strikes Back of this. Like, let it go. Just let it go. It's the middle in the series. Well, everybody was, that was the one comment people were making about Rogue One. It's like, oh, it's just like Empire. Like, no, it's not like Empire. No. Empire was great. This was not. Okay? There, I said it. it was, it's been said. What I do think is fascinating about Episode Eight is that Ryan Johnson got a big thank you at the end of Rogue One. And so did Chris Miller and Phil Lord, who are responsible for the Lego movie. So what is their connection to the Star Wars universe? I know that they were supposed to be doing an origin film. Uh, and we'll see how, how... I would like to know more about that ecosystem and how that works. So that's why I say and watch all the end credits to see who's getting thanked and who's working on what, to see what kind of continuity they're bringing over between the crew and stuff like that. I always find that interesting. Ryan Johnson, uh, you know, great guy. Cut his teeth on a lot of Breaking Bad stuff. He, apparently, you know, this was the only script that Abrams had read that he re- regretted passing on as a, as a director. So that's probably cool. But, you know, who knows why J.J. is saying that. He also said that Paramount wasn't going to sue the team for Maxinar, and they, they're still suing them. He, so, also pr- he also promised to Cloverfield every year. Yes. Well, way to go, J.J. Way to go. That's what happens when you're the mentee of Steven Spielberg, I guess. You can get away with doing stuff like that. Yes. So, so I don't know. I'm excited for it. I mean, it's I don't have deep concerns over anything. It's a movie. <laughs> I got more to worry about in my life than deep concerns over a film. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I can't wait till Jay uh, gets gets word of that. So that's uh, Star Wars Episode Eight. Indeed. I, the only problem is when you know everything comes in a trilogy when it comes to Star Wars that they rely heavily on the second to build. The third. Yes, the third, and that it serves the third more than serves itself. Obviously, Empire, it did such a great job of serving itself while basically doing a great job of giving you little threads between one and three to make you want to care about what's going to go on and what goes on in one and three. But it did a great job of taking care, first and foremost, its own self as a movie. And I hope eight does the same thing and takes that lesson, if only that, takes that lesson and just make sure that it serves itself first before serving other movies. In, in you the, see, in the and this is the, this is the main problem I have with episode seven. Episode seven serves episode eight. It's all about setups and mysteries and cliffhangers and, and payoffs and reveals or not even payoffs, just reveals that only give you more questions. There's, there's nothing satisfying about episode seven to me, except for the potential to understand what the answers are, which we'll get in episode eight and episode nine. So there, I've said it again. I'm on record. There you go. Pop culture cosmos. (laughs) Indeed. But before we get out of here, I have got to ask you about your thoughts on one last project that's being resurrected. And that is DuckTales. Woohoo. DuckTales. Your thoughts on the DuckTales resurrection and and your hopes for that series because uh, if people come to know Rob and come to understand what some of the things that Rob holds dear to his heart, DuckTales may not be far off base from there. No, DuckTales is definitely one of my uh, passions. I'm a huge fan of, well, I mean, I like Indiana Jones, right? And you can see all the similarities. It's about adventures, looking for artifacts and treasure and 
Uh, even just the slapstick comedy of it is just a lot of fun. And they're being, it's being resurrected and coming to Disney XD in 2017. And they've just recently announced uh, the new voice cast, which features folks like Bobby uh, Moynihan and uh, David Tennant from Doctor Who fame, which is interesting. Uh, it would have been great to have Alan Young, but of course he passed away last year, who was the original voice of Scrooge McDuck. Um, so, you know, it, it comes down to the writing and, you know, are, are, is it going to be solid writing like we're getting with Star Wars Rebels? And is it going to be not necessarily for kids, but not necessarily for adults, but that kind of sweet spot where it takes itself seriously and it's not talking down to anything and it's fun? Or is it going to be like just shovel, you know, nostalgia member berries? Like, let's, let's get something good. Have you seen uh, Star Wars Rebels? Do you think it serves those same purposes? Yeah, I think Star Wars Rebels, I, I liked it almost instantly. I know there was a lot of comparisons to Aladdin or whatever, but I mean, those archetypes... I think what you, but the reason why I say that is because I think what you described in DuckTales, they need to take a lesson from Rebels because I think Rebels tries sure. very hard to find that sweet spot. Rebels I, I, is one of the most impressive newer shows that I've seen in a, in a long time. I know some Star Wars fans were on the fence about it, <coughs> Jay, uh, and have since been won over. <laughs> Told you so. And uh, if anything, Rogue One reminds me of something of Rebels Irk. You know, it, it it feels like it's coming from that place, especially those early scenes were in the different markets and different cities. So uh, if DuckTales can take itself and uh, itself seriously and, and go forward, while still keeping things tongue-in-cheek because we're talking about a city called Duckburg where citizens are ducks, then uh, then so be it. So that's a, a lot of opinion there from Rob McCallum. Just a little uh, bit. Just a little bit. Just a, dash here and, just a dash here and there uh, from both of us on what our expectations are for 2017 as far as movies and DuckTales for 2017. If you have any thoughts that you want read on the air as far as what your hopes are for movies in 2017, just give us a shout out, Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, or popculturecosmos at yahoo.com coming up next josh peterson and i continue to break down the movies of 2017 this is the pop culture cosmos it's time for more sarcasm more gloating more pop culture bs and ridiculous video game chat as GamerCast returns for season two my name is rob mccallum and this year once again i'm joined by mr glenn stanway and my lifelong friend jay bartlett this year, the show moves to a slightly different format, favoring a more unedited adventure that lets us include more topics as we get together once a month to vent and celebrate everything going on in the gaming industry today and yesteryear. On the latest episode of GamerCast with Jay, Robin, Glenn. Welcome to the Holly Jolly GamerCast. Serious question, guys. Jolly. Can you be jolly without being fat? Just asking for a friend. No. No? Okay. Didn't think so. Wasn't sure. It's not going to say that's an adjective that some cashier threw at me today. You're looking quite jolly today. What is this? Everybody jolly in the dollar store lineup two days before Christmas. Isn't everybody? One of three of us burns bright like the star atop of a Christmas Hanukkah tree. It's Glenn Stanbuck. The other two are black pits of despair that hang themselves from the rafters nightly and wait for their friend from Calgary to kick him in the bag. I don't feel like my answer has much to do with this very rummy eggnog I'm drinking, but you never know. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we all drinking? It's a true story. <laughs> wow, this is like second time ever, maybe? Aw, oh, Muffin, do you need a partner? No, I'm just pointing no. out that uh, it's nice not to drink alone. <laughs> so if you like the idea of arguing with us, though we'll never be able to hear you, then you definitely want to check out GamerCast. Season 2 is really going to take it up a notch. That's GamerCast here on the PCC, the Pop Culture Cosmos, on iTunes, and on Podbean. And we're back with another segment with the Pop Culture Cosmos. My name is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. It's great to have you listening still with us. Truly appreciate it. Once again, if you get a chance, check us out every Monday night, 1030 Eastern, 730 Pacific on the podcast radio network. We're also available on the ESO network. We're also available on the Gunna Geek Network and also, of course, the Tangent Bound Network as well. If you want to just download us and make sure you just subscribe to us and get the latest downloads each and every week of every episode that comes and hits every Monday, just check it out 
on iTunes, Google Play, Podcast.com, Stitcher. We've got channels on each one of those. And we also want to welcome Mixcloud. Mixcloud has joined the party as far as a place where you can listen to the latest episodes of Pop Culture Cosmos. So check it out. Truly appreciate it. So we are still talking movies for 2017. And I know Rob and I just got uh, our segment finished talking about the the detail of some of the things that he's looking forward to, plus also some pointed opinions on some movies that he wasn't so sure about or on the fence on. Well, I've also got the author of Vendetta Dark and the upcoming Congratulations, You Suck. It's Josh Peterson. How's it going again, my friend? Hey, hey, it's good. I'm glad to be here talking about movies. So first off, the movie that you're looking forward to the most in 2017 the most like my my top well favorite. actually you're your top one one and then we'll break it down with some of the others that you're looking forward to because there's got to be a one that there is one there is one it is the dark tower that movie's been in production in and out of production for so long and the book series it's, it's taken like longer than almost 20 years for the entire thing to be released but it's it's a very dark epic fantasy series just from what I've read about it, just the, the pictures and stuff, I, I'm, I'm intrigued and I'm really excited about it because this, is a, this could either be a really big movie if done right or it's going to completely flop. So what are some of the others that you're looking forward to in 2017, some of the hit movies that you think might strike well with both you and audiences? Just going down, down my list here, obviously I'm excited about Marvel and Star Wars, so I'm not even going to go into those, but... Uh, Alien Covenant is probably my next movie here. They just showed the trailer for it. And while I was really stoked about the trailer and excited to see all this stuff, I'm just, I'm really hoping that it's not just a, you know, a repeat of Prometheus. If it's not just another Prometheus or another Alien film, because while those are both like really good movies and Alien is a classic, uh, I'm excited to see it, but I really hope that it pushes the story forward. What are some of the others that you're looking forward to that might spark an interest and might you think might hit that magic button with audiences out there king arthur legend of the sword i know we've talked about that before that's exactly the one i was uh, pointing to we were talking about that before i'm like i didn't want to tell you which one you were talking about before but <laughs> but uh, that one seems to be very mixed as far as that's concerned i think that one's gonna have a tough time reaching audiences uh what are your thoughts on it i honestly i don't know because guy ritchie has he's got quite the portfolio under his belt. Like he, he makes these movies that they might not perform well in box office, but once they hit like the, you know, the digital DVD home video circuit, they end up building this cult following. And it comes by the way, a week after guardians of the galaxy volume two. Yeah. And hopefully that's not like a nail in its coffin because it's the same thing happened to um, assassin's creed. If you've been following their box office numbers, they have, they were released in the shadow of Star Wars, and that's like a death sentence for any movie. And not to mention that they, as I said in my review, they've only been open to half the theaters of you know many of the big pictures. All right, next, I don't know if uh, you and Rob covered this one, but Kong Skull Island. This one is, from what I understand, is going to lead into Mothra, Godzilla, things of that nature, correct? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. And if you think about it, like this is a great time for monster movies because you look at the success of... Uh, Gareth Edwards, Godzilla, and the, even his the indie films he's made before that, like Monster, like people, people like that stuff. Like even if it's not, you know, it doesn't make billions at box office. People like to go and watch it still. So it, there's a chance it, it could be. It looks cool. I want to watch it. I like Tom Hiddleston. I think he he's gonna be good in that movie. But at the same time, like they, I think they need to do a better job of marketing it and let people know that it exists. I agree with you. So what else sticks out as far as movies that you are pointing to and have squarely on your radar i got the mummy have you i don't know if you guys gone into detail about that as far as the mummy is concerned i think what it comes down to is in regards to what we were talking about with kong skull island how that movie is going to lead into dr jekyll and, and mr hyde and a whole bunch of those traditional older well-known horror characters that are actually those movies are going to be created into a line of movies as well but i know that the movie looks pretty good uh, it has tom cruise playing a little bit different kind of action role per se he's not the uh, you know he is the guy that's going to try and save the world or whatnot but 
it does it in a different fashion and and uh, could lead into something else entirely from the trailer, correct? Right. What what has me interested in it the most is that it's you know they didn't they don't have the, it's the the female mummy like they didn't use the character of Emotep they used the the princess instead so that was kind of a twist for me and I'm I'm kind of I'm digging it so far just just from what I've seen in the trailers but I you know that weekend is right now as of right now and I don't think it's going to eventually materialize that weekend is very interesting because you have the mummy and World War Z two which I was telling you I was surprised that it had already gone into production because I've heard Zippo on that. I think one of those movies is going to be bumped up and I think it's going to be World War Z too, because we haven't seen anything yet on that movie. Yeah. World War Z they've been, they've been talking about that for a really long time. And I know it's been in kind of a production hell. So, and you know, Brad Pitt's life has kind of been in a uh, emotional hell. So we'll see, we'll see if uh, any of that, shows up but I, but the first one was like uh the the last act was re was reshot by a different director so and that worked out well but uh, you had two others that you wanted to hit on so because i know i've got a list waiting for you on ones your i want to hear your thoughts on but go ahead last one power rangers call me crazy but no i touched on that with rob uh, so that definitely is something to look forward to that's a definite hit or miss movie right there Oh yeah, for sure. And like, I, I was, it's funny because I went to go see Star Wars and there's some, some kids like sitting a few seats down from me and they were being completely obnoxious during the movie, but they, the Power Ranger trailer comes on and they're like, no, I don't want to watch this. And I'm like, shut up. You weren't even alive in the nineties, but it, it, it looks, it looks good. I mean, I don't, I watching the trailer. I honestly, I can't see anything wrong with it. There's nothing that I could really critique about it. I don't know. What, I what, do, you, what do you think? Uh, the teenage angst, the 90210. Uh, oh, that's like a of classic it. staple of Power Rangers though. Like they were all miscreants. They were angry teenagers. I just think they spent uh, on the trailer. They spent too much time in the school setting to build up slowly. I think they should have shown more of Elizabeth Banks character. And I think she will be probably the reason why if if it does make make a successful run that's going to be the reason why in my opinion but uh, i know there's some movies starting in january you want to talk about but before we go into that where are your thoughts on january movies again because i know we talked about that briefly about your thoughts on when movies come out in january what's your the previous thought of where it's coming out and by the way power rangers again yes like i said it was rob earlier is coming out on march 24th yeah, um, I don't know. Like January movies are, it's kind of a weird place because they, it's it's right after the holiday uh, holiday season ends. You're not really contending for an Oscar. It's kind of just a movie. Like it, it's it's probably a good month for like entertaining movies to come out. So like Underworld, Resident Evil, obviously. Well, uh, just before Resident Evil comes out is Triple X: The Return of Xander Cage with. Uh, Vin Diesel. That's the first thing I want to talk about. Your quick thoughts on it. Um, Vin Diesel returning to the role he was in many years ago. Um, is this a lo- another last witch hunter? You know, can he actually and pitch black? Because, you know, if it's not, doesn't have a furious name on it, he's not really had a good run lately. Yeah. It, it, if you would have asked me about this movie in high school, I would have been totally stoked about it. But right now, I don't. I think he, the character of Sandra Cage has become so irrelevant that it's not, it's this movie's going to exist, but it's not going to be good. But that's a January 20th release, like I said, just a week before the Resident Evil movie comes out, the final chapter. John Wick Chapter 2. John Wick came under the radar back a couple years ago, and I'm telling you what, this movie low budget movie but really did strong numbers uh not a big blockbuster mind you but it made a a nice little tidy profit for the studio did very well once it hit home video and digital release what are your thoughts on chapter two for john wick the first one was kind of a sleeper hit like i didn't i i had heard that it was good but i didn't really believe that it was good until after i watched it so it definitely looks. It looks. Good. I mean, I don't know much about it, but just like it, it sounds like it's going to be really good. I like the first one, so I'll probably watch this one. Lego Batman. Now, the Lego Movie came out obviously to to great, uh, to, you know, as far as acclaim. Also came out to to uh, you know did very fair, well financially. 
So much so that there's now two Lego movies that are coming out in 2017. The Ninjago movie that's coming out in September and Lego Batman, which I think is the one that they're going to target a little bit more, which is coming out February 10th. Your thoughts on exactly the Lego movies as a whole? Is it something that, you know, that they've now struck a, a chord with, with audiences? Do you think that both Lego movies as a whole will might, might find success? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, the, the, the last Lego movie to come out has become like a, a hit among kids. I mean, it, they kids stopped singing Let It Go the moment that the uh, This Is Awesome song came out. So, you know, w- which was nice until it got annoying. But I think that the people who make the Lego movies are really clever. Like, they have clever writers, clever marketers. It's just, it's all real. And they have, they can literally steal anything from anybody. Like, they have all these characters from everywhere and they can just use them. And so I think that's like a, great recipe for success uh, the great wall which again like ghost in the shell again that has seen its fair share of controversy with the whitewashing and whatnot yeah again trying to reach all audiences and appease all sides with with that your your thoughts on the great wall and do you think it actually will end up striking gold at the box office no i don't think that it's going to strike gold at the box office (laughs) It, it looks interesting, and Matt. It's a different role for Matt Damon, but it's one of those movies that, like, it's really popular in its homeland. But you will it, it be of- popular in its homeland? Will audiences in China and the and the Far East be turned off by him as a main character in this type of film? See, it's a hit or miss kind of thing because this is his first. I forget what the filmmaker's name is, but this is his first English movie, so it. I, if they put it into Chinese uh, theaters and they put subtitles on it and make them read a, read subtitles on a movie that they normally wouldn't have to, I don't think that it's going to make as much money. It's same thing like when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came out here. Like it was, it was really good, but a lot of people were turned off by it because of the subtitles. Beauty and the Beast, which is something I know that the ladies at the Triple W are looking definitely forward to. I know this is something that when you take a, a beloved fairy tale and put it into a live action format, it can be very hit and miss. So Beauty and the Beast seems so far to gain a lot of interest. It's garnered a lot of views on the trailer, very high numbers that usually translate into a lot of interest. So what are your thoughts on Beauty and the Beast? Because like I said, I know the, the ladies at the Triple W are very interested in that. Emma Watson, she's going to sell that movie like crazy. Disney did a really good job bringing Jungle Book to uh, to a live action setting. They did a good job. Uh, did you see Pete's Dragon? I, I was iffy about it, but it was actually like I, I didn't hate it. So I I don't see Beauty and the Beast being any kind of flop at all. I see a lot of interest in this film personally, and I think if the movie's halfway decent, it's going to make Buko Bank at the box office indeed. Johnny Depp's career has been called somewhat uh, a failure and download in recent years. Uh, a lot of movies that have not performed well financially. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, comes out basically the Memorial Day weekend holiday. Is it time for still for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies that can still strike gold in the box office? Uh, I, I mean, even if his character doesn't, that it's still going to make a whole lot of money because it's just... And Captain Jack Sparrow has kind of become like a an icon, a cinematic icon over the years. Pirates of the Caribbean has a track record of making them a whole lot of money, so it's hard. You, can, you know, it's hard to really compare it to a movie that has. And Johnny Depp has he he does have. So some, Alice, Alice had a, was a billion dollars the first one. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting because Pirates of the Caribbean, you're almost getting to the point where the first one. It's like a whole other generation of people who watched it. Like you're ushering in, in a new generation of fans, kind of like what Star Wars is doing. So I think that they need to open up a new story here or maybe pass the torch to another you know, generation of actors. I, I, I could be wrong. I like the movies personally. Just I don't really go to expecting a, uh, a great story. I kind of expect a spectacle more than anything, but you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for it. Cars 3, and this is something you and I talked about before we went on the air with with you wondering if there was any magic to the Cars series at all. What are your thoughts again on Cars 3 uh, being something that maybe might spark a, a, a big interest again from the Pixar folks? I Honestly, I don't. I think that Cars 1 
had its magic cards too, tried to harness that magic and kind of maybe did it successfully. But I think cards three, I, at this point, I mean, maybe it'll end up being like, you know, fast and the furious, like you said, fans will go back to it. But I think that Disney does a great job of marketing cards. They have the toys. Kids love to play with those things. They have t-shirts, uh, bedding, all that kind of stuff. But uh, as far as like making more movies, I don't, at what point do you make so many of these movies that they end up going straight to home video? And what, what hurts it even more is that two weeks later, because uh, Car Street comes out in June 16th, but two weeks later is Despicable Me 3, which I think still has a lot of life in that series. And if it's done nearly as well as the first two, I think that movie's going to just really just socko the, you know, you know, you know what out of Cars Three oh. when you know two weeks coming just two weeks later after that comes out you can put minions in anything and kids are going to flock to see it I'll, i exactly. flock to see it i think they're funny one that i want to talk to you that's a little bit interesting valerian and the city of a thousand planets that's going to come out on july 21st you know valerian and the city of a thousand planets it's big i don't know if you know this but it's based on a graphic novel of the same name obviously but yeah yeah well i mean luke Besson, like he this is the perfect movie i was gonna say this is a perfect movie for him because he he hasn't really like fifth element had a cl- like a cult following and it he hasn't really like made a movie like that in a long time and so if you watch the trailer you definitely see a lot of elements that brought the fifth element like the the fifth element you see a lot of stuff from that movie in this trailer so it's like if you're feeling nostalgic you know it's definitely something you want to watch the problem is getting it to appeal to a wider audience like people who really the fifth element wasn't really based on anything but this is based on a a graphic novel property so you're going to the trick now is to market it and try to figure out how you're going to draw people into this movie because it it really is had a, a very confusing story like if you've ever read the graphic novel or anything about it it's it's really complicated. There's a lot of layers to it. So you're going to have to find a way to like bring audiences into it or else it's kind of da- uh, kind of a dangerous property to adapt. The movie I want to talk about last but not least is a movie that I thought had, was just going to be a one and done. But the reason why I'm saying it was a one and done because the lead character or the most interesting character in the movie seemed to have been taken care of. And that is Kingsman, the Golden Circle. And that is something, you know, the the success of the first movie obviously has led into the production of this one movie. And and now they're going to have to explain, sorry, spoilers out there, of Colin Firth reprising that role and to some extent that he's uh, very famous for, indeed. Your thoughts? Uh, what I love about that, The Kingsman, is that it's very grounded, but it's also very ridiculous. So, like, when they said that Colin Firth was going to be back, I it didn't really surprise me. It's something that could be plausible in that world just because it's kind of ridiculous. I don't, what, what do you think about it? Well, I definitely think it could be a, a sequel that doesn't hit the numbers as far as from a critical standpoint. But I think it's going to at least at the time it's coming out, which is around October 6th, I, I think it, at least first off initially it'll seek some success. But whether it holds out or not is based on on how well the movie is constructed and I think if it has legs, that, that will speak volumes as far as how well the movie was done. Because this movie could kick off a franchise of about three, four, five films for the series. Or if it does poorly, it could just kill it right off. I'm going to go see it. I feel like if they, if they do a good job of marketing it and they, they're, they're tasteful in the way they're bringing certain characters back from the grave. And they make a story that's interesting to people. I think that you know, it, it'll, be, it'll be a good movie. Well, indeed, uh, that's a that's a lot of of great information that that we've tried to get out to everyone with both Rob and I, and and also now you and I talking about uh, some of the great movies that are coming out 2017. If you have any questions or you have any comments on on some of the movies that you're looking forward to, you know how to get a hold of us: Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter and Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com if you want to send us an email. Uh, when we return, Rob at Retro City Games, just going to go ahead and let you know exactly our thoughts on some of the, the games that we're interested in. And then later on, Josh here and I are going to talk about some of the games that we're looking forward to as well. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest reviews and opinions on everything pop culture, head on over to our brand new site, www 
www.popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. All right, and we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos. Ah! Pop Culture Cosmos <laughs> and Game Source. Want to again check us out? Podcast Radio Network, Tangent Bound Network, ESO Network, Gun and Geek Network. All those great networks, they have a great lineup on each and every one of them. So you want to check out all their podcasts on all those great networks. And we truly appreciate being part of them. If you get a chance and you want to hear us on the go, subscribe today on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and also podcast.com. You can do that and you'll get an episode downloaded to you each and every week. Well, I'm here again with Rob McCallum from RobMcCallumFilms.com. You know, you know what I'm disappointed that slipped 2016? What's that? And it's a good segue into our, our next topic, South Park. There you go, fractured butthole. Yeah, that sh- slipped to 2017. And that's the only game I can think of coming out next year, which is ironic given that you want me to talk about the games I'm excited for next year. Yes, and we are excited indeed for, for a lot of great games coming out in 2017 and gaming predictions that we have. Starting with that right there, the Fractured But Whole uh, was a December release supposed yeah. to be uh, and then just got pushed back. But I've got a couple that I'm going to throw out there and I threw, okay. it, I threw out some, you know, I'm going to throw out some with Josh as well, but... Um, Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2 uh, is hopefully going to expound better on the Battlefront universe than, than the... There's a uh, sequel first. coming out already? I feel like it just dropped. They're going to be actually... Well, actually, the uh, Rogue One DLC just dropped. Yeah, but didn't Battlefield 1 just come out, like, in September? They're going to alternate each year. I mean, uh, remember, EA, okay. only, EA only has a Star Wars license for so long, so EA is going to try and put in, mix in Star Wars actual games coinciding with the actual numbered Star Wars releases uh, from what I'm able to ascertain. So I know they're, talk- they're going to do uh, Battlefront 2. They're also talking about uh, debuting in a couple years as well. The Amy Hennig from Uncharted, her, sure. her Star Wars adventure. I know uh, it's a couple more. I think Criterion may be doing this one as well. I'm not, you know, they're, they're, they've got a whole bunch going on the pro- uh, because they've got a limited run with obviously Lucasfilm on that so they got to try and you know make the money on that so I definitely am looking forward to Battlefront 2 I know it will include a campaign because I know that's the one thing everybody seemed to be uh, uh, harping on well parallel with Titanfall right everybody kind of complained that Titanfall 1 didn't have a story mode and it was fine for whatever for the purists but what did they want to add for Titanfall 2 story mode and didn't they do that they They did. did they did and it actually Got larger critical acclaim because yeah. of it, so it's a better gaming experience overall. Um, another game I'm looking forward to: Mass Effect Andromeda. Yeah, I haven't played any Mass Effects. I know I'm, I'm one of the three people in the world who hasn't played any. My goodness! Uh, so be it. Well, I'm hoping EA will also just. I know they're not not really super high on, on doing uh, refurbished games as far as reinvisioning, reimagining, but I do hope that they go ahead and package the Mass Effect trilogy for the PS4 and Xbox One because I think that would be a really great way to go ahead and support Mass Effect Andromeda once it comes out. Okay. So that's that's uh, another game coming out as far as it's concerned. Well, you're talk- we talked about the Nintendo Switch. I mean, what about the games for coming out that you hope will come out for it? I hope there's a Mario game. What I read about the Mario game from this unknown online source that I'm sure can be trusted is that it's going to be much more like Mario 64. So Mario 3D World was much more an obstacle course in 3D space where you had a very linear path to follow with some deviations. Mario X, I guess it's being called or something like that, uh, is supposed to be much more of a 64 open world, uh, Mushroom Kingdom, Grand Theft Auto kind of... (laughs) Approach, I guess, a sandbox Mushroom Kingdom world, which sounds kind of fun, right? So it's I kind of when you said that, just you know, him going up, Mario running up and going with fireballs up. <laughs> and like torching little toads and stuff, <laughs> trying to get away from the the Koopas. Exactly, exactly. You know, just with an AK forty seven, just like. Well, I wasn't gonna go that far, Gerald. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but hey, what do you what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Uh, what do you know? But uh, also Zelda. What are your hopes as far as I know? We talked. Well, I hope Zelda it. gets released in twenty seventeen. I know at this point, you never know. But it, I think it's gonna. To be like November if it comes out. But when you're we're looking forward to that game coming out in quote unquote 2017, what are you expecting Zelda to to be as far as that? Besides, obviously, you know what was said during the the presentation um, that was shown 
was okay anywhere you can see you can go and that's great but along the way what can you do right it's uh, they keep saying it's an open world zelda we've seen that but it's got to be more than an open world zelda taking existing concepts and putting the nintendo characters and landscape is not enough for that game to be a must-have for that system and they want it to be a system mover they know it, and they know that it's hurting their launch the fact that it isn't a launch title anymore so it's got to go above and beyond somehow it's got to i think it's got to be the kind of thing where adventure strikes at any moment that isn't part of like the main story uh, and it's really got to push people. So in the way that Doug and I love No Man's Sky because narratives just happen, you find yourself in a story yeah. that has happened because you've randomly set down on an unknown point on a planet, it has to be the same thing in Hyrule. And you've you're got creating to, your own no, no, You have to create your own narrative. Yes. Yeah. And that's what's going to have to be memorable for people. And that's what's going to have to get a guy like me, who's typically not a fan of Zelda, to pick up that game. Up next, Josh checks back in with us to share final thoughts on this week's episode on what he's looking forward to in video games this year. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. GameSource is your number one source for everything video games. Each week we bring you the best of the video gaming world from sites all over the internet. Like us today on Facebook or follow us today at GameSource and you'll stay up with the latest in information and news, plus also about all the great things we're doing on our GameSource Facebook, Twitter, and GameSource YouTube pages. Stay up to date with the video gaming world right here at GameSource. We're talking video games in this segment, and because 2017 is already lining up with a load of possible great games, Josh, what are your choices as far as the most anticipated games that you're looking forward to in 2017? Oh, man. You know, I just felt a really sharp pain in my bank account. <laughs> Let's see. Halo Wars, I'm, I'm actually really excited about because Halo 5 left a really just bad taste in my mouth. And I, like right now, I could care less about Halo 6. But I think Halo Wars is like the last chance Microsoft has to get me excited about Halo, the next Halo game. Let's see, my next game would have to be, I know this game's probably on your list too, but Mass Effect Andromeda. Just, there really just hasn't been a good game like that out for a really long time. All right, so number three, With Honor. I don't know when this game is coming out. I'm assuming that's 2017. They, they've been talking about it for a long time. I know it's been at E3 for a couple of years now, and it, 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 just, it looks really interesting. I, I love history. That's, I love the Assassin's Creed franchise just because of all the, the historical context. And, you know, I have no idea why Vikings would be fighting samurais, but I'm stoked about it. Scalebound. I, what is going on with Scalebound? I just, I, they've, it's been, what, in the pipeline for a really long time, and I don't know when it's coming out. There's been no new news on it for a really long Have you heard anything? 2017, but I don't think it's a hard 2017. That could even get pushed back even further. I don't know. It's like Devil May Cry with dragons. I, I just, I, it looks really good. Um, Prey. Oh, I just, like, it reminds me of Dead Space, and I really want it to be another Dead Space-type game. Well, yeah, those were some great choices indeed. Any others that you had in mind? Uh, just one. The one game that is probably going to make me go out and buy a PlayStation. Horizon Zero uh, Dawn? Oh, yes. It's just the game looks absolutely beautiful. And the whole concept of, like, mankind reverting back to Stone Age and, like, all the dinosaurs and stuff are machines. The game it. looks fantastic I can t- from a visual standpoint. Definitely indeed. Enough about me. Let's Let's hear about your top games coming out. Well, I want to start off with a game that recently was announced to a a great bit of fervor at the last PSX, uh, the PlayStation Experience. That was The Last of Us Part Two. Um, Obviously, anything from Naughty Dog that comes out, you know, is going to be well done and well executed. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that indeed, if it comes out in that 2017 window. Red Dead Redemption 2, speaking of uh, sequels that have been announced in the recent past, uh, is something that definitely I'm looking forward to as well. And I think Red Dead Redemption did so well. So I think the sequel will, will definitely have some high expectations. And I think with, with Rockstar, I think we can assume that they, it will live up to those expectations indeed. 
This one might be off the beaten path, but you know, as it gets closer to the Scorpio coming out, uh, this this could be a good chance to revive a, a great series. And I, I know this has already been talked about, but Crackdown Three. I'm looking forward to that game, and as far as going after those orbs and being able to to scale the tall buildings once again, and being able to uh, provide destruction on a massive scale, which utilizing the Scorpio's power may be something that that we haven't seen the likes of before. So I'm looking forward to that. And finally, my number one choice as far as the game I'm most looking forward to in 2017 is one that you mentioned already. It's Mass Effect Andromeda. Although, like you said, it's not going to be a Shepard deal this time. Or if it does have Shepard, it will probably be in some type of passing. So definitely looking forward to Mass Effect Andromeda. Like you said, from an open world, an open galaxy standpoint, it's going to be really, really fun to go ahead and play that out. If you guys out there have any suggestions as far as the games that you're looking forward to in 2017, you can always give us a shout out at Pop Culture Cosmo on Twitter, Pop Culture Cosmos on our Facebook page, and also Pop Culture Cosmos at Yahoo.com. We truly appreciate the large audience that does get a chance to check out the Pop Culture Cosmos, and it does not go unnoticed nor unappreciated by us here on the show. So for Josh Peterson, author of Vendetta Dark and the upcoming Congratulations, You Suck, this is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and also as well Game Source. It's another beautiful day in paradise. We truly appreciate you listening to us. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos, and here's hoping you have yourself a great day. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. Tangentboundnetwork.com. <laughs>